Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm like, well, holy shit, that was crazy. Wait for it. Thick and slick. <laughs> to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show. This is episode number 217. We are here wrapping up round one of World Supercross. As you can tell, a little bit of a different show here. We're just going to, I'm just going to sit down, kind of give my thoughts on this round uh, because of when it aired on TV, etc, etc. Um, it kind of doesn't give us time with us having normal day jobs to get Justin in studio right now to really talk about this. We are going to do a show following the second World Supercross round. Um, to really wrap up everybody's thoughts, Justin will be here, maybe Cole, not sure, haven't really talked to him about it yet, uh, but we are going to do an actual show after the second round of World Supercross to kind of talk over all our thoughts, give some silly season stuff we got going on, all that kind of crap, um, but for right now, show 217 here, like I said, I'm just going to wrap up uh, round one of World Supercross, kind of give my thoughts about it, and we'll just go from there, so... Uh, before we get started, just want to thank all our sponsors here uh, for 2022. These are kind of bonus episodes, so we'll just run through them really quick. Uh, at first off, presenting sponsors, Energy Fuel, Premier Custom Trailers, and TLR Coatings. Links in the description down below for all of them. Also on board with us, Alias Sport, Dirt Bike Depot, JT Cycle, Adept Creative Co., Gutterworks, Isaac Nelson Designs, Clutch Media, and Holster Co. Again, links in the description down below. There's discount codes for some of these places down there. Make sure to go check them out. Um, if you want to support the show, there are merch links, Amazon links, Patreon links, all that kind of stuff uh, down below. Shout out to our patron, Curtis Hodges. And we do have a second patron, uh, uh, Isaac Gonzalez. So thank you also for jumping on board. Isaac's kind of like, uh, he's somewhat of a contributor. He's an OG watcher of the show. And uh, he is, uh, he lives out in California. Pretty close to most of the practice tracks, so we might get some content from him. I haven't even talked to him about this. He's literally going to hear this as he watches the show. But anyway, uh, and as always, make sure to like, subscribe, comment down below. If you're listening to this in podcast form, please, please, please go leave us a five-star review. Share this with your friends. Share this on your, your Facebook, your Instagram, whatever. Um, all the shares help out. We are seeing some growth, which is very, very helpful and makes us want to actually keep doing this instead of not doing it. Um, but anyway, let's jump in to World Supercross, round one, Cardiff, Wales there. Um, let me start with my thoughts on the track. Track, super basic, super slick, hard-packed, blue groove. Uh, it was new dirt that they had never used because obviously this is all new for World Supercross. So they're not AMA Feld who's had the same places for 30 years plus of going to these cities where they have the same dirt or they rejuvenate the dirt or whatever um this is all new i did see a post i think maybe it was bogle or somebody found some nails in their rear tire from the dirt so a little weird as everyone could tell it was very hard packed very sketchy um the <clears throat> track layout itself very basic very simple as we've heard from everybody um 
the bowl turns were not really full-on bowl turns and it's interesting because i'm not sure if that was a conscious effort did they run out of dirt um these are all questions i'm sure we'll get answers to here as we go along um jason baker is a very competent uh track builder and since dirtworks is in charge of that um i'm sure that they know that those bowl turns weren't that great um they kept iterating how the track was wider and maybe we should have narrowed the track a little bit more to add something else because we were running 45 to 48 second laps, uh, which when you're going off, uh, when you're doing races based off of the number of laps, it's not really a lot of time you're seeing the guys on the track. Now, as far as the actual format goes for the racing, um, I did like the format. Uh, you have qualifying during the day, obviously, before we see anything, and then uh, you break right in on the TV show to heat races because you only have the 22 guys, the 10 from each team, plus a couple of wild cards. Um, you have uh, heat races with only half the gate, which was a little weird, but at the same time understandable, and then you have the full gate, obviously, for the main event, um, uh, but it was neat to break right into heat races and heat races were just boom 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 uh and then the middle hour i wasn't sure at first if the broadcast was going to be three hours was it going to be two hours was it going to condense it to an hour i wasn't really sure so it was nice to see that it was actually three hours uh the middle hour then designated to the super pole which i really like the super pole the thing i like about the super pole is it's easy to understand okay here are these guys you have these 10 dudes are going out there just trying to go as fast as they possibly can for a single lap to get the top qualifier spot and it's worth a championship point which i really 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 like that also so that was awesome um it was cool to see the guys actually throw down and obviously you saw with like hill and kenny uh throwing that big quad in there um in the section before the finish line so that was kind of cool to see that and you could kind of see the differences in some of the lines the guys were taking um getting back to the track itself that little s curve in the middle there that was kind of stupid it was so one line and because it was so slick like there wasn't anything really to do uh we saw some chaos it, actually there was a lot of chaos in there um and then the tough blocks now i don't know if they ordered tough blocks they didn't come in i don't know if they're not planning on doing tough blocks maybe there's no budget for it which i highly doubt that but the cardboard boxes as tough blocks especially when they flip over and we can clearly see their cardboard boxes not a great look uh that was one of the notes i actually had was that the whole infrastructure of the race um the finish line uh apparatus um the tough blocks the the mechanics area all that kind of stuff uh definitely lacked in comparative wise to everything else now the starting gate with the board across the top of it and everything that could do the logos and tell you what race it was and what class it was and that kind of stuff i like that a lot that was cool um like i said the finish line apparatus and this is all stuff that i think will change as we go through the years obviously if you go back in the archives and watch races from the 90s and stuff like 
AMA Supercross did not have the infrastructure it does now. So I think that stuff will all change. Obviously, they're running on short term here. They're just getting into it. So like I'm, I'm sliding a pass here of hopefully by next year we have some of this figured out, like actual legitimate tough blocks instead of cardboard boxes. Um, but we'll see. Uh, and like I said, the... The like finish line apparatus I think needs to be changed. The uh, mechanics area apparatus needs to be changed. One thing about those nice big ass tough blocks they have for the mechanics area is it doesn't. It makes it not look like a bunch of random dudes standing in the middle of the track, which was the vibe. I got a very '90s vibe for the mechanics area for this racing. So um, the crowd, as far as the crowd went, that looked good. It was a little hard to tell though because no one was sitting in the lower bowl. And again, I don't know if that was insurance purposes or whatever. Uh, but they were all mid and upper level bowl. But if you looked at it from some ways, it looked kind of uh, full. You looked at other ways, there were a bunch of empty seats. So who really knows where the crowd was? Uh, again, I'm sure we'll find that out here in the, over the next couple weeks because I'm sure a lot of these guys are coming back stateside before they go over to Australia. So I'm sure there will be interviews and things out there um, from these guys. Um, now, as far as the sort of pageantry that they were putting on for the race, I did like that. I liked the big podium with the trophy presentations and all that stuff at the that is one gripe i have with ama racing it's like outdoors it's cool because the podium thing's a big deal you go over there you get sprayed champagne but in the stadiums it's kind of like the race is over and everybody's just like oh okay the race is over like there's there's a podium but you only really see it on tv and if you're in the stadium you can't get down by it so it's and i know it's a stadium th it's weird okay <clears throat> it just creates a weird thing. If you've ever been to a race in person, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The 450 main's over, the fireworks go off and stuff, and you're just like, okay, I guess we leave now. So I like the pageantry they put on. I like them playing the national anthems. I like all that. That, to me, really, really super cool. Now, as far as the racing, it was pure fucking chaos there for that race. Absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, pure chaos. Josh Grant's chain comes off, which if you haven't seen the frame-by-frame -frame picture of that happening, it is fucking wild to watch Josh Grant's chain. You see him jump on, and then you see him as he starts to flip forward, and you just see the chain just exiting stage rear. Like, it is unbelievable. You have Chad Reed's bike cuts out, and he goes to Indonesia, pops shoulder, he's done. Um, let's see here. You had the Mitchell Oldenburg crash was insane. And that was, that was OG Oldenburg move. Like Oldenburg didn't make dumb moves like that this year. That was OG Oldenburg, like jumping somewhere where he shouldn't have been jumping and just eating shit hard. Um, we had the Luke Clout crash. That was fucking gnarly. That was really, really gnarly. Haven't heard anything. What's wrong with him? Um, you had the uh, Joey Savacci crash. That was kind of gnarly. That was he just caught a rut, and then that threw him. But, man, I'll tell you what, that would that would suck because that metal grate finish line that he kind of landed into, that didn't feel good. I'll tell you right now, that didn't feel good. Um, Ken Roxon going down, bit of a surprise, kind of. But what I'm hearing behind the scenes is that testing didn't go well for him with that bike, and it hasn't been great. So, yeah, but with that being said, let's just jump right into the uh, WSX SX class. I don't know. Anyway, I can't remember what they call it. Anyway, um, so Kenny definitely came to play. 
Tomac, obviously class of the field. Anybody betting against Tomac to win that was an idiot. Um, but Kenny definitely showed up to play, and he was busting out that quad. Now, in all fairness, that quad was huge, but that quad was not faster. He was not gaining a bunch of time. They were trying to play it up like, oh, it's so fast. It was not faster. It was not. It was huge, but it was basically if you scrubbed the uh, if you scrubbed the three one into the corner, it was basically about the same speed. Um, so that wasn't a big big advantage there for anybody at all. Uh, but it was cool to see, and he was busting it out when he could. Uh, Tomac said he didn't do it all day because the pocket was really, really small on that, so the chance of going to Indonesia was really, really high. And obviously, he didn't have to, and he still won all three races. So um, it was a good way to see him kind of come in and do the series thing and just kind of wrap up his year here of you know winning Supercross, winning Motocross, winning Designations, and now he's won the first round of the Cardiff, or the first round of the world supercross so that was kind of cool um like i said kenny rode super well and kenny was definitely there to party uh but just couldn't quite get it done um savachi rode really 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 well there in that 450 class um that was quite impressive on his rick Ware racing uh i think he's on a kawasaki that was built by pro circuit we made sure we knew that it was built by pro circuit um so he definitely so that was definitely a good bike which is interesting too because i don't think mitch is gonna i i think mitch is gonna end up having to go the route that kawasaki has put down which is where they aren't really allowed to be involved with world supercross so that's interesting that he built that bike for him but whatever um so anyway so savachi rode really well brayton rode really well but brayton you can kind of tell that he's older because he was kind of giving up spots just kind of like okay here you go um and then the surprise of the night has to be vince freeze like vince freeze rode fucking incredible for vince freeze and he didn't do anything stupid which was even better so uh shout out to vince freeze for actually uh yeah doing doing the thing and making it happen so uh sorry i don't even have results right in front of me i barely just got through the race watching the race before I film this on Monday here to try to get this out on a normal Tuesday time slot. But anyway, um, now as far as as far as the actual spread of talent goes, I feel like they did a pretty good job of there. Obviously, there's a ton of Americans that that are doing it. Supercross is primarily an American sport. There's a ton of Americans that do it. However, I feel like there was a good mix, especially for the first year for the two race kind of soft launch of this of international talent there were several dudes from uh from australia uh there were dudes from new zealand there were dudes from great britain there were dudes from there was a guy from italy uh i'm trying to think i know i'm probably missing some missing people but but there was a good mix spread out between the two classes primarily americans i will give you that again american sport um, and some of the international flavor that I'm sure wants to come do this isn't allowed to come do this because everybody's fighting over, over the quote unquote world supercross title. Um, but whatever, that is something we'll get into in the next episode. We're not going to, we're not going to get into that because I need Justin for me and him to go back and forth on that. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so the, so that was interesting. Like I said, the racing in the 450 class was pretty good. Very one line track. Um, but overall, wasn't bad. Now getting into the uh, into the SX2 class there, 
Um, that <laughs> this is where things are interesting. So you have Shane McElrath who rides a 450 in AMA because he got bumped out of the 250 class, but he rides a 250 in World SX here for again Rick Ware Racing, which is sponsored by Summit Racing, which is super interesting. I'm sure Summit is international, but I didn't really know they were international, so that's super interesting. But anyway, um, so you have Shane comes out, and he wins the SX2 class literally by being consistent. He had terrible starts, but he rode pretty good. Mitchell Oldenburg comes out and goes like 119-1, like absolutely fucking ripping, but because he made that bonehead move the second one, he ended up third. And then you've got Chris Bloss, <laughs> zombie Bloss. Riding a Kawasaki for Bud Racing, which, by the way, he had some sick gear. I don't know. I think that was, it looked to me like it was answered, but I'm not really sure that that was answered gear. I don't know. who. Whatever the gear was, his gear was fucking sick. He comes out and gets second. It's fucking wild. It's absolutely wild. Cole Seeley made a return. Cole Seeley had a rough night. Uh, Justin Bogle... Um, made a return to racing. He also had a rough night. He went down and was having bike issues. And from what I'm hearing, all these bike issues, like Chad's cutting out, Bogles was acting weird, it's all fuel-related because there's different rules with FIM racing compared to AMA as to what fuel you can run. Hence, like, when you have Disnations, we have to run the fuel designated by Disnations or by the FIM and the MXGP series type deal. So it's super interesting. Um, but yeah, but but lots of weird stuff and just weird results. And again, sorry, when we when we wrap up the, the two rounds, the championship, whatever you want to call it here on the next show, um, we will definitely have, I'll have results in front of me for that one. I'll be fully, fully prepared and ready for that show. I just, this... This was so weird because we didn't find out till this week. When was the TV even going to be on? Then we find out it's delayed. Then we find out that if you buy it, you're still delayed. Like, you can't even watch it live on the app types. It was super, super duper weird. So I'm just throwing this together. This is just me spewing out, spewing out thoughts that I had while watching this over the last two days here. Um, so let's see. So we were on the SX2 class. Uh... I think there's a good chance Shane wins it. My big question is so that, and and you guys can answer this below because I'm I'm a little confused. We're doing two rounds and we're calling this a championship. And I know they were trying to do three. And again, I'm not trying to hate on World Supercross. Okay, I love it. They came in, they've rocked the boat, they've obviously caused some chaos. It's it's awesome in my opinion. There there is literally nothing better than what they are doing. I want them to make it, I want them to succeed, and I want them to pull some of these big guys away from AMA Pro Racing, so that, that way the AMA has to respond and actually do something, even more than what they're doing already, even though I'm hearing, never mind, we'll get back to that, we'll, we'll cover that in the next episode also. Um, so it is a little weird that we're only having two rounds, and they are, I think, going to call it a championship, so if they are, anyway, here, let's just get into this. So you have Shane... Oldenburg and Blos obviously all in title hopes there. Um, especially Shane and Oldenburg. So I think you'll see a battle when we go to Australia here in a couple weeks. Um, Blos obviously can stick his nose in there. There's there's some other fast guys in that MX2 class that I think can kind of stick their nose in there. But we'll see. Uh, also, shout out to Dylan, Wal Dylan Walsh. Yeah, Dylan Walsh there. Like, 
good starts running up front. You could tell things started happening fast for him as far as supercross stuff was going. There was some over jumps into the faces of some stuff, and I think his hand got run over that second or that third moto, which was kind of weird. Uh, but anyway, um, and then as far as the 450 class goes, so Tomac isn't going to Australia to ride. He's obviously leading the championship, but he's not going there. So now you have kind of like Freeze and Kenny are going to battle it out for this title here for World Supercross. Interesting. Could, could Vince Freeze win the inaugural World Supercross title? Can Vince Freeze win the inaugural Supercross title? That would be wild. That would be apt. Can you imagine Vince Freeze winning? I mean, literally going from Bonsai and Christian Craig in January in Arizona in Supercross to winning the 450 World Supercross title. I need to take a moment because holy shit, does that blow my mind. Anyway, um, yeah, so you have those two I think are going to battle it out here in the second round in um, Australia for the uh, for the SX1 or SX, whatever the hell they call it. I'll get better with the lingo on this too. Um, so that will be super, super interesting. Comment your thoughts down below on who you think is going to win this title. Comment your thoughts down below on what you thought of the track, what you thought of the whole setup, what you thought of the whole gig. Okay? I want to know what you guys think about World Supercross out there. Um, again, I love it. And we will get more into this on the next show because the next show will be a full show. Um, but for this one, I think that's it for thoughts I had right now. Oh, let's talk about the format real quick here to finish it out. Um, so, SX2 goes... 6 6 10 and the sx class goes 8 8 12 uh for laps not minutes um and the best part is is it is back to back to back less than five minutes between it swig some water set your whole shot get new goggles you're off to the races makes everything super fast i loved that part because it was literally like we watch a main we would go to a commercial for two minutes. We would come back and we were into the next main. And bing, bang, boom, we were done. Um, I think they could be a little longer. I think the I think that the SX2 could go like 8, 8, 12. And I think that the SX class could go um, like 10, 10, 15 or something like that. Uh, but again, they'll tweak it. From what I understand, they're very open to suggestions. The powers that be there for World Supercross. Um, a lot of the guys were talking about that. So, I don't know. We'll see going forward. So, comment your thoughts down below about um, what you thought of the actual format itself. So, with all that being said, that is all the thoughts I have on the first round of World SX. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the sponsors. Links down below. We'll be back in a couple weeks to wrap up the whole World Supercross title, the championships, and talk about all sorts of silly season stuff. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.